Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Did you hear that? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we tried. <laughs> Well, it looked really like cool and smooth and it kind of like bubbled up and it looked- You can imagine Jamie pouring in some tea, well, milk into her tea right now. And that- (laughs) I was pouring my tea into my milk. (laughs) Tasty sweet rose, magical and stress relieving, like us. Like us. (laughs) That's our tagline. (laughs) Um, We could start again. How have you been? Because it's been like, what, two weeks? (laughs) honestly like the same as two weeks ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) but a little more there's there's been some big magic and also this undertone of doom and gloom (laughs) like my whole personality you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) like just tuning into that (laughs) Um, like all black and then a little splash of hopefulness (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) exactly um yeah, things have felt kind of heavy and also like divinely heavy though, which yes. is so helpful for me to stay tuned into because even in moments where like it feels really uncertain and it feels confusing and disheveling, feeling emotionally distraught, I hear from other people and just like uh, having conversations really reminds me that it's okay to feel like this right now. It's passing through. And actually it relates exactly to what you wanted to talk about today. Uh, Seeing that the things that we go through are not necessarily a singular experience. Mm -hmm. I really liked um, your live the other day, two days ago. I don't know, time. I'm wearing the same pajamas though. (laughs) I haven't put clothes on. <laughs> so that's totally that's valid. Going. <laughs> um, I really liked your live because you, one, you showed up in a way that I haven't seen before on your page where it was very much like, I am going to show up regardless of whatever emotions coming up for me. Um, you didn't try to like hide those things because especially in like the healing space, I think it can be very easy to try to show up as the expert in what you're doing instead of having people meet you where you are. Um, Because I think there's something beautiful about showing up as like a human (laughs) instead of an expert. You get to say like, hey, I'm going through these feelings too. And here's what I've learned so far to get through them. If you're experiencing this too, you can join me on this journey. We might cry together, but it'll be a great time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what came up and you did mention like that life isn't the singular experience and that really clicked with me because as I've mentioned in like my past like episodes and everything I've talked about like this idea that we aren't attached to one identity and I think the human brain is so good at organizing and um, putting things into categories and we just constantly categorize until you have something so vast, like the um, species kingdom, like (laughs) all the animal species out there, how many subcategories there are, that's what's going on in your mind all the time. 
because we're trying to get to that singularity, that singular point. Um, and I think there's something to be said, especially about emotions, that it's not, am I feeling anger today? Am I feeling this? It's like, okay, what is the multitude of my experience today? So that's what like triggered in my mind when you mentioned that about the animal kingdom. I don't know why that came up for me, but like that's how I've always viewed life. <laughs> and it's so easy to get to that point where you're just trying to like break everything down forever and ever and ever. And it's this like huge loop of just chaos. There's no end goal. Like, yeah, we can categorize things, but what does that do for your existence, especially in emotions yeah yeah there's not like an end goal you know and that's why i really believe expression self-expression uh, reflection introspection and that am i rhyming right now <laughs> i think we're just dr seuss but like emo <laughs> yeah i'm really i'm going back into another emo phase in my life i feel like <laughs> me too <laughs> Um, did it, it's not actually a phase though. It just kind of keeps going. <laughs> it's just expressed differently. Okay. Don't get it, mom. <laughs> um, oh, but I was saying that's why self-expression is so healing. I believe because it, it's not about the outcome. It's not about the end goal. It's not even about producing something. It's allowing something to come in up and through the body and seeing that process as healing in itself and sometimes the hardest things to talk about but purely through sharing saying it in a safe space saying it in a way where i'll speak from the eye i can feel vulnerable and open and really honest is like that's what i need that's the alchemy you know yeah, I think it also comes down to like we're all just containers for that multitude and it's kind of deciding um, what you want to bring to the table for others. <laughs> like if you're a healer or someone that is a coach or guide or things like that, it's not about being better than anyone. It's just being like I'm a container and my systems help other people join that container. Yeah. And, or you can go the other way. And this is like how I feel. I'm a container for kind of like inspiration. So I've been really playing with this idea of activation of like everything I create and everything I put out. And I'm doing it in such like a me way now, instead of trying to figure out how to get people to want me. It's more of like, no, this is me. And it inspires you and it activates something in you regardless even yeah. if you hate it. <laughs> and totally. I, that's why I really like, I got all teary eyed when you sent me like a video clip of you singing. Cause I was like, ah, oh, it activated. <laughs> I did what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, you do that. I always sing songs for you, boo. <laughs> you singles. Um, that's what a friend in high school used to call it. Cause I was always singing to them. <laughs> I love it. I, really like what you said about being an activator and how that kind of puts you in a position where you need to open up to being so honest with yourself about the expression and the experience and the creation, the inspiration that wants to come through you. 
uh, because otherwise, if you're not integrity in integrity with that source, then you're not going to be as powerful of an activator to those who are ready to hear and listen and receive and see. Jazz, the Moon Mother, she just mentioned this yesterday, but I think it was Les Brown, I think is the name. Um, but the quote was, um, we all are born unique and then most of us die a copy. So <laughs> that really hit me because I was like, oh, like we all have this unique experience that will, what you and I have talked about before, we are in this like container of collaboration. And it might not necessarily be that it's completely new, but it's kind of compounding on one another that like my experience is a little bit more unique in its own different way. And then yours is unique in its own way. And then when we collide, we get this secondary experience and it's still branching and it's still kind of dividing like our minds like it to do because <laughs> our minds constantly want things to divide and subcategorize and everything, but it's in a way that's more um, in the experience and in the body rather than in the mind. Mm. Can you so say more about that? Yeah, so I'm thinking of, I'll use the animal kingdom again as the example, that you can say is very much in the mind because you're categorizing things, you're trying to give things a name, you're trying to say, okay, this is this and that's that, that this is what they do. Um, if they're a reptile, they go in this category. Oh, but they're also like an amphibian, so they go in this subcategory and on and on. And so you're still splitting everything off and it looks like this huge spider web and this huge system that wouldn't make sense normally, but we give it a meaning and then we try to do the same thing with emotions but instead what you were mentioning about self-expression doing it through the body and like creation and being a container and a channel and like collaborating with each other you're still doing that web but it's very much in the body and not focusing on like okay well what does this emotion mean what is this category? Like, how can I categorize it more? So it's stepping away from like logic and moving more into this, like that activation of, it's yeah. still subcategories, but it's very much in your experience category. It's an embodied experience. Mm -hmm. uh, the visual that I saw when you were talking about that was, I, I perceive something similar when I'm actually uh, facilitating coaching sessions. I almost kind of visualize myself as how spacious can I become? How spacious can I be in this moment? And to be able to receive whatever it is that the client is sharing with me and how can I hold that and kind of put it in a nice concise package and deliver it back, whether that is in the form of a question or a prompt or just a shifted perspective that reflects back exactly what they said to me. I become this like kind of spacious organism that like takes in and kind of synthesizes and just reflects it back through my body. And the mind, the ego is kind of put to the side because I need to be able to kind of detach from my own thinking brain to cultivate that spaciousness. I have to take myself out of the equation to be mm -hmm. able to do that in, in a way that is impactful. Yeah. That makes sense? <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. That makes me, yeah, makes me feel good inside. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Did so, I activate you? <laughs> you did. It made me like go back to this um, thing when you were talking about the spaces in between before we hopped on this, because 
you have the mind, which is very logical, and then you have this experience of all of these things that you can't necessarily put names to. They are an experience that makes you human, but we can't think about how that makes us human. <laughs> like there's a detachment from your logic and your experience. And you were saying that like when you're in that embodied state, when you're helping clients, you feel like this is right, this is who I am. And then then there's a phase when you're like being overly logical and thinking through everything. And that's also a space that you can be in. But then there's a space where you're left with nothing. And you get scared and you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this space? And I think that's that disconnect between like your body and your mind of like wow. the space that we assume we have to fill. Mm-hmm. And I guess the culture that we're in kind of tells us that all blank spaces are bad spaces. Even like, I don't know if you've done this, like you're in a room and no one's talking. So you feel like, oh, I need to talk. Like things start bubbling up because there can't be silence. (laughs) Silence is too much. Um, So it's a similar experience, I think, in everyone's like self of like, there's moments where you feel like you have to fill the silence in yourself. So I'd love to hear more about your experience with that, like in between stages. Thank you. I love the connection you just drew because that feels really like a yes from me. (laughs) Really on this yes today. We're very yummy today. (laughs) Ooh, is it the hair or is it my pink tea? (laughs) I think it's both. I think because we're, what was it? Relaxing and magical. It's a pink vibe. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, totally. And just being able to uh, speak those words out loud about what it feels like to be in a coaching session with a client and to be able to speak process through that experience of holding that space and like being the spaciousness and being a space to synthesize and to basically handhold while navigating that uncertainty and unknown with my ego, this displaced, kind of detached from it. When I leave that container, it's almost like my body, yeah, it is a little detached from the mind. It's like, so how am I bringing the body and mind back together after having several sessions where I'm supporting people through that process? Because my mind returns to my body and my body is like full because I've been supporting other people. And so it makes sense that when I return, like my ego, like kind of integrates back in, it's like, whoa, (laughs) I'm anxious. Like I've been holding the spaciousness for other people all day. And it really does feel like the sensation of like, I'm literally at capacity, like I'm full. It's this, it's the sensation that it's like, now I feel like I need to be supported by someone because I'm having a hard time going in and being with what is mine and maybe what is someone else's and my brain the logical and rational part of my brain is like feeling overwhelmed and kind of feeling like whoa what do I do with all of this um that's kind of been the experience this past week and it really is this time where I am learning how to be with me in my own process and also balance that with being with clients who I'm delivering something really impactful and spacious to 
And I found it so soothing, so medicinal, something that does help me and support me in grounding, feeling embodied, getting my brain, my ego, the rational mind, the judging self back into body and finding integration there has really been prioritizing joy, prioritizing play, <clears throat> prioritizing my creative flow practices. And I mentioned prior to getting on this recording that I've been going surfing a lot more this past week and a half. And I'm really prioritizing that like hour, two hours, two and a half hours in the ocean by the time I get out of the ocean, I just feel like I'm calm. I just, I feel so in my body, my body's exhausted, but in a good way. My mind is just quiet, you know? And it's because when I go out into the ocean, that's a flow practice for me. It's this perfect golden ratio of challenge to skill. So that means your skill level is equal to the challenge in the task at hand. And it requires me to be so deeply engaged in the present moment because I'm kind of on that edge of being in control and being out of control that everything in the peripheral awareness, everything in the overthinking, over-rationalizing intellectual mind falls away. And it's just, mm, it's so yummy. I've noticed like yesterday, I had some other plans in the evening, so I couldn't make time for that play and that flow out in the ocean. And I noticed it. I was just exhausted. I didn't really have the mental, emotional space and capacity to, I was with my family. I found it hard to connect with them. I was just like, oh, I'm so tired. I want to be alone. Um, and yeah, that's what that experience has been like. Yeah, I, I love what you said about that like golden ratio of skill and challenge um yeah i i in my experience i've had recently more challenge than skill <laughs> well everything i'm trying to do kind of thing like has just kind of been like a little bit out of my skill range and i i've noticed that like if i don't have something that i can come back to that reaches that like equilibrium then i kind of get like agitated because I am definitely the kind of person that will need to master something immediately. <laughs> and I don't care how many hours it takes me. Like if it takes me 10 hours, like whenever I learn a new song on like the ukulele or something, I will take probably 10 hours to do it. Cause I don't like to sleep unless I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I've been like, okay, I've reached this milestone. And that's how I was with um, like healing and everything too. So I definitely relate to your feelings of like, I'm this, I'm holding this all this time for other people. And then when I'm left alone, <laughs> it's this feeling of anxiety. Mine's kind of the opposite a little bit. I feel like I was holding that space for myself so much. Mm. and like other people were kind of entering that space without me realizing what I was doing and I mean I love acknowledging other people's experience and like bringing them in to be like hey I'm doing this right now you can do this too and like sharing intellect is very important to me um but I was holding that space so much that when I finally came out of it when I finally like just sighed <laughs> then I realized like 
I don't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> I was so worried about breaking everything down. And I was like, that was my golden ratio of that skill and challenge was healing. And I think we've had conversations before of like, it wasn't a limiting belief. It was this pattern I was doing of this trauma response that like, every time I feel triggered, I just go back into my mind and heal more. Cause I'm like, oh, there's another thing I have to heal. Oh, there's another thing. Oh, I have to fix this part too. And it was this looping pattern. And there's like a point when you heal so much that you kind of like go off the deep end. And then you start analyzing every single part of you that you're trying just constantly shedding skin more than you can put it back on, <laughs> I guess, is that visual kind of disgusting, but you, you get it. I totally hear you. Yeah. The healing journey can become addictive, right? Mm -hmm. And healing as a means of escape, even of the present moment of seeing and noticing, witnessing discomfort inside and immediately going outside of ourselves to fix it or to see that there's more work we need to do as opposed to experiencing it, embodying it, and kind of maybe taking a pause to see where that's coming from and um, allowing it to be. For me, a lot of healing work, and obviously I'm not an expert here, <laughs> has really just been as simple as noticing and not acting on it mm -hmm. when I feel triggered and just being like, oh, <laughs> okay, I see that. I see you. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's why when I first decided I was going to label myself as an embodiment coach, I didn't really fully understand or know if that was like the thing, but the more I've been with it and sat with it, the more I've gleaned and learned that, oh, this feels right this feels good right now. This is what I do. Because for me, embodiment is noticing, seeing the lessons, seeing the healing and like fully allowing it to take place. And that, that takes giving space and that takes doing things for the pure joy of the body and the playfulness. It takes getting out of the egoic mind and the intellect and allowing things to be as they are to inform how we move forward in the future. Because I, what's coming into my mind right now is healing is great and all, but like, are we doing it for an outcome or are we doing it so we can be more present in our human lives and have human experiences that are aligned with our desires, you know? Like, are we healing to be healed or are we healing to more fully experience the lifetime of humanness? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely hear that. I, yeah, that was like my biggest, I guess you could say hurdle on this road because I, I don't know if it's because of how we're taught of like, oh, you have to learn all these answers kind of thing. Um, or if I just wanted to escape and I thought like, oh, if I heal myself to like this point, that means like I'll be ready, I'll be enough. And when I got into that space of that in-between space, it really, I was 
putting on this identity of like an artist and like this is what I want to do I want to inspire and activate and like do all these things and then I realized that like all of the art I was creating I had so much anxiety about it and I was like I'm not healed at all <laughs> and I then I started asking myself like okay but like why do I have to be healed like there's a moment where it's like everything you do is enough if you're healed or not like it's still enough and when I started shedding all of that then I realized like oh no it's a like a long journey and then I realized that like I am a um, avid canceler of dates <laughs> because I realized that I didn't want to show up because I was so worried that like I'm not ready in my new identity and my healed version my higher self version that I didn't want someone to fuck it up by entering my existence. So I had this like little container, this little room of like, I'm my best self by myself. And I'm only allowing certain people in that I know won't trigger me to revert back to that old self that I was so afraid of going to in the first place that I was running away from. And now it's kind of like, even if I go back to that state, it's still good enough. Like that version of me still experienced joy and experienced love and all of these things and still deserved all of those things. So where I'm at now, if like tomorrow, <clears throat> all those things that like triggered me, I put triggered in quotes, um, in my past lives and everything all came back up and I just immediately switched and turned into my old self. I think I would still love that self now. So I think that's kind of how I'm trying to like change my thought process on healing. Um, because it is a journey. It's not like there's no point at this point. <laughs> healing and growth is not linear. No nope. more spiral. It's man. a spiral, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um yeah. Something I've been saying often to people in my life, to myself, friends, clients, to myself again, <laughs> is you literally can't make our own choice. And if we look at that as a lens through to see our healing journeys, no matter what we do, there's no reverting back to how things were and the way I see it. There's no becoming, even becoming a different person. And we are always just our core essence. And no matter what we do, uh, you can't make a wrong choice. That choice you make is just going to reflect back to you what is present in the moment. You always, always have choice. So even if that specific choice you make that you're unsure about or maybe it reflects back to you a past version of a past but in, in quotations a past version of yourself <laughs> you get to say hey I I recognize that and I choose differently in this next moment and it's just it just keeps going you know it's all feedback I like what you said about um the core essence because maybe it's not about achieving a new identity or like a new stepping stone of like this is who I am now and 
now I'm going to get better. And that past self isn't me. It's more like, no, this core essence was just putting on different skin suits <laughs> and experiencing life in a different way. Because even if like tomorrow you're like, oh, I'm going to steal everything in the store tomorrow. You're still that core essence. You're just trying a different experience. <laughs> that would be a new archetype for me. <laughs> but like you can go to those extremes. At least I believe that. And you're still like this little yeah. nugget of all I can think of is like a little emerald nugget of <laughs> emerald nugget. Yeah. <laughs> just like putting out nugs. We're <laughs> <laughs> just little nugs. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating for me to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now because it almost feels a little contradictory because a lot of the framework that I feel I teach or even believe or say in other circumstances, I'm like, who's the person you're choosing to be today? Like, who's the version of you you're choosing to step into today? And so it very much feels like, all right, what is the identity you're choosing? What does that version of you do and how can you be that person today? But in a sense, I guess maybe that's similar to what I'm saying because you do always get to choose and it's not that being one way is static. Yeah. Making sense? Yes. (laughs) You're detaching from the identity and then also reattaching something else every time. So it's this like constant um, inhale and exhale of your beingness and I, I I firmly believe that's where we got this concept of contradiction because we have the inhale and exhale to exist <laughs> and so from that everyone's like okay well what's an inhale versus what's an exhale and now we've done that subcategory thing that I've mentioned and now we're trying to do that and categorize our actual existence and so <laughs> You're contradicting yourself, but also staying the thing you're meant to say. Does, I don't know if that makes sense. Like your system oh. is valid and it works and it's like a tool that you can hold and ha- it's like a little container you get to put yourself in. And you're like, okay, I'm going to use this tool. I'm going to put myself in it and this is how I'm going to exist. And then you can put that tool on the shelf and you're like, oh, I don't want to touch that right now. Um, but it's still there. And so we as people are all just creating little toolboxes that you can pick up anytime you want. Um, (laughs) I don't know why there's so many visuals today, but I'm having a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, what I'm, what I'm seeing, what I'm interpreting is this meeting space between unified source spirit and human material, physical existence. We, we almost as humans need these tangible frameworks that we can step into, but there's a higher consciousness aspect of us that also understands that, but that's not necessarily who I am in quotations. That is what I am choosing right now. And to the humanness in me, that framework makes sense. My brain likes that because I get to put myself in a box. Even though I know I'm gonna take myself out of that box later, for this moment, I'm going to put myself in this box and express myself through it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember that childhood show? Out of the box, out of the box. I was thinking about Chalk Zone earlier. I don't know if you remember. Oh my God. It feels very much like my existence. (laughs) It's like going through portals, but I also, yeah. It's like, if you have to fully detach and I constantly say like, oh, detach from identity. And I don't mean like, you have no identity. I'm just saying 
we get to de detach and it's a way to rethink and reshape your very existence. Because if you did detach and you were going against everything, all the systems that we have in place, like from our education system to government, to money, to just communication, language in general, then you have to combat the very existence of rationality and like everything that exists in earth right now is based on logic and rationality like the scientific method <laughs> kind of thought process um, because that's what we established when we came here so if you're going to try to move away from that then you have to kind of rebel against everything and it is very hard i'm not trying to like be like no you can just snap your fingers and you're just a new person no like it is a constant battle of like i don't have to hold this space for this system anymore and yeah it's i think it's important to collaborate like this constantly so you can identify and start moving into like a new world where logic isn't the answer because then you have all these issues with logic that like I could go on a real tangent, about, <laughs> but like with the science and everything, like we have all these laws and everyone gets really flustered because they're like, this is the law of science. Like, this is right. This is how it's supposed to be. And then like a year later, we find out that they were wrong, but they're trying to make science this like, this is the exact thing. And it's like, no, it's just a new language for us to understand our experience. But language also develops over time, just like science does. And all of these things are based in logic. So one day we're gonna have a new system that isn't based in logic at all. <laughs> and I think that's where we're heading. And so it, that's what this space in between feels like. So on a collective level, we're in that little void space <laughs> between our body and our mind. So yeah, that's my yeah. take. Oh, that was gorgeous. And I can really connect to that sentiment like, as an individual human being, if you are someone who is choosing to do that specific kind of inner slash outer work, if you are choosing to unify with spirit, with source, with your, the unity consciousness, whatever it is, there's probably a good chance that you're tuning into that energy right now, <laughs> that space in between that void. It's there's like a past version quotations and there's this maybe a new or unveiled version and we're not really one or the other. Everything feels a little unfamiliar. Uh, but for me, there is this sense of connectedness. Like I'm going somewhere. It's just, Ooh, it's feeling big. <laughs> it feels very big. <laughs> yeah, I I think like on an individual level and on a collective level that we're on like a precipice of like a huge shift in consciousness <laughs> and not just like spiritually, it's also just like the very foundations that we've set up are starting to shift and you can't attack like the people that created it is my thought it's like you have to attack the actual system itself because if you just attack like like let's say you overthrow the government okay we overthrow the government what are you going to rebuild 
because I would bet like a million dollars that what you build is going to be almost identical to what you tried to overthrow because we don't know we haven't done the work to assess of like okay why is this system not working and how can we change it on a fundamental level so that we can rebuild it um, and I think that's why so many people are so frustrated right now because <laughs> they see it but they can't get to that thing um, that like little core essence of like okay but what is it supposed to be and I think that's what a lot of people feel when they're doing this work individually because they feel that core essence but they don't know how to tap into it so they do all of these things and systems because they're trying to get it but there comes a point when you just have to drop everything and be like fuck it I'm healed <laughs> that's it <laughs> I don't I don't give a shit anymore I don't Whatever happened to me in the past, I don't care. This is who I am. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of how I view life. Yeah, it's symptoms versus root cause. Mm -hmm. And making a really, exercising our sovereignty as humans and making conscious decisions in the present moment. Like, do I choose to be that changed, healed version of myself now? Or do I seek outside of myself for knowledge from someone else through this kind of desperation or lack thinking that maybe if I could glean their knowledge it will it will heal the part of me that's so uncomfortable with the uncertainty I'm facing in the moment I think that's why I like the word activation more than healer yeah because you already have everything I'm not above you, but I can activate something new in you that you might not have seen. Just like you can do that for me. And the modes in which we choose to do that, I think, is what makes us very unique. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> you are, too. I really appreciate that discernment you just drew between. And I mean, it comes back to language, right? What is the meaning we're attaching to these words? healer activator because essentially maybe at the end of the day it's and again the outcome isn't the reason that why we're entering the process but maybe for the sake of my humanness that wants something that's tangible the outcome of healing and activation might actually look the same but it's the process that is being illustrated through the language we use and what it actually means what is the intention and the meaning that is behind that word? Right. And a lot of us, I think it's about figuring out what mode and what path or language um, activates you. Because, like I could say, go to therapy. <laughs> but for a lot of people, that doesn't activate them. And that's okay. Or if they really like astrology. That's also a system that can activate you. Go for it. There's all these things. And I think like with astrology or with therapy or something, like a therapist will like diagnose you and you can attach that identity to you. Or you'll look at your astrology and you're like, oh, I'm a Scorpio sun. I'm going to have that identity. So they're all doing the same things, like the same outcomes. Um, they're helping mold your own language. Um, so there are these systems that were created. So something that's helped me and because I am someone who really 
I love systems, <laughs> even though it sounds like I hate them, <laughs> but I love information gathering and systems. And I will gather as much information as possible and I'll lay it all out and I'll just kind of like pluck from each system and be like, okay, maybe I want this to go here. And I like making my own system out of the mass amount of other systems out there. And if you are someone who loves information like I do, maybe you want to do that. Um, I know, Jamie, you are an experienced person. You're an experimenter and things. So that's another way to kind of build your little system is experimentation or um, connection is another one. Or like you have all these options of or expression. Not everyone is here to express everything all the time. And we all have different expressions, but you might not be someone who wants to like not everyone needs to be making art all the time <laughs> i mean i we can get into the classes of what i consider art anyway but that's a whole nother episode <laughs> um but yeah you have all these modes so you can choose and you can pick all these things i think the um the thing to look out for with these systems is like if you say you're a Scorpio sun and all of these things come up and you read your horoscope like daily, th that's going to lead you down a path that doesn't feel fulfilling because it's not you. It's just someone putting out a system for the sake of systems. And then you're attaching yourself to it. So find your own system in those pre-existing systems. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. Can you say more about your process in gleaning information from these meaning-making systems? How do you discern what to take and what to leave? What does your process look like? So it first started with like astrology, I think. We'll start with astrology. <laughs> and then I got um a reading done because i was like okay well if i'm gonna learn this i'm gonna fucking learn this <laughs> and so i got a book i got a reading done i had all this stuff about it and i've written out of like who i am based on this system and i read it over and over again i rewatched the video of the reading and there were certain things that i was like this clicks with me so much um but there were aspects but then i started seeing like oh, i'm a cancer son so all these people are like, oh, you're so emotional. You're so this, you're that. And you have all the, especially like TikTok right now, you have all these things that are just telling you that like who you are based on the sign that you are associated with. And it annoyed the hell out of me because I was like, I am not this singular experience. <laughs> you can't put me into this box, this singular box based on that one tiny aspect of astrology. And I think astrology is a great system to look at um, if you're willing to put in the work. Like if you're just gonna go on there and take your sun sign, you're you're not gonna get what you want. You need like the dynamic nature of the entire system. Yeah, because if we if you have two Cancer suns in a room, they're completely different people. That's just the nature of it because our chart is so vast and so complex and just like you are. So if you're going to take the time, if you want to go into a system, learn the whole thing, um, at least in terms of your existence. And then I started reading other people's astrology charts 
and that's kind of how I show love <laughs> um, is like I'll have I've gathered this information of like okay I know this bit and then I'll take my loved one's information I'll be like oh this is how it correlates with us like this is how you correlate with me and like oh this is why we work together and these are points of like collaborations for us in this system and once I did that then I started really seeing of like okay but do I want to hold that space anymore and if I don't then I just let it go and so there's certain parts that I kept and then I found human design and I did the same thing I got a reading done I had a book I read the whole thing I started reading all of my friends charts I started identifying things themes and patterns of like okay we both have this gate how does that show up for us differently and like what is the activation there in these gates that we both have because a system is supposed to be singular like the outcome if we both have this gate then there are certain aspects that we both are supposed to share but that's not how it happens <laughs> so we can both have gate 60 but the way that shows up for both of us is completely different and that made me really question the logic of these systems because a system is supposed to give you an answer but the systems that i kept finding were just guides and so we keep looking for the answers in those systems so you have to come at it with this feeling of like okay this is a guide for me that i get to use in my daily experience so like i looked at all the gates and you can have someone tell you like okay you're this this and this but when i looked at it for me and be like okay how do i think this is showing up for me and i'm creating my own language within that system then it started clicking and then i started taking all of those systems and then i started learning i don't know joe dispenza's books and everything about um like the malleable brain and all this stuff so i really started digging into psychology and what all that means and like identifying with myself okay like these structures are in here and you can do that with psychology you can learn that if you want <laughs> you can do that with the personality tests you can do that with astrology enneagrams um what else is there like literally you could do it with poetry if you wanted like if you have a poet that you're like damn i really like their words i'm going to associate with them like you have all these things or archetypes what you mentioned but you have to look at it of like like you're entering a library that's how i view all these systems <laughs> And so I'm studying these systems to kind of give everyone else an idea of what they can choose from it. That's right on point. Coming from this angle of activation, when you were sharing about your experiences in each of these different meaning-making systems, what was coming up for me is, well, first of all, I love your discernment between it's not a space to seek answer, it's a space to seek guidance to take some information to leave some information and like i previously said coming from this angle of activation all of these systems whether it's astrology whether it's human design whether it's learning about epigenetics or associating with a, one of your favorite poets it feels like an activation of intuition to me because in every single moment every little piece of information that you take in and synthesize, we get to ask ourselves, is this a yes or is this a no for me? And then we get to learn how to trust that impulse. 
because that intuitive voice is really what's going to allow us to take what is for us and to leave the rest to really seek out the guidance that feels good for us so we can move forward and apply it, use it in our lives, integrate it, embody it. Mm -hmm. I like it. I keep seeing a spider in my mind. I my face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Your face looks like a spider. No, I, I've really had to battle because spiders scare the shit out of me. Um, Mm but I see them everywhere like they're they're always near me and it used to terrify me I had this one room when I was a kid and every time I would go in it every time I'd walk out there'd be a spider on me and I was convinced that I was like cursed (laughs) and then I started looking at like the spiritual meanings of spiders and stuff and it's all about um creativity and it's like the mother of creativity and all of these things and when a spider comes to you it's like a sign that you're about to create a new like creative project or birth something and spiral all these new ideas and make connections and then I started realizing like the thing I was embodying the most was this like spider <laughs> existence of like that's how my brain works is creating these webs of information that somehow all connect to each other. And I, just like we all connect to each other. And when I started really seeing it on like the microcosm level of just a simple spider of like, this is what the hell a spider can do versus like my own mind. And then the macrocosm of like our existence. (laughs) Then I started really realizing like the connections that you make are so unique to your experience that like you have to express them because it's going to trigger someone else into making their own web. And I think that's kind of the point of these systems is to activate that like creation of a web and move into a space of constant collaboration like we've mentioned before um, to do that, to create that. What is your cross in human design? My cross? Yeah, what is that called? It's like a the right angle cross or oh, I don't know mine's a um <clears throat> mine's a left angle cross of obscuration. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering if that has something to do with the way you make those connections in the world and then oh, it actually is to trigger that for other people so hold on my i have the same cross as nelson mandela so (laughs) oh i remember you telling me about that okay okay yeah hold on i will read it i'm gonna read it to you um so the energy of my cross is to ask questions and examine patterns to find a deeper understanding Um, is everything okay or is it working itself out You are driven to ask the questions that help figure out a logical perspective as to why we are at a particular place. The questions call for the answers to help logically sort it all out. That's my existence. (laughs) (laughs) It felt very right in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I, I love what you said about the spider and something that felt 
just uh, so aligned to me is that even the way we look at animals and we see them as messengers and seeing animals, like I'm always attaching meaning to it. When I see the neighborhood cats outside, the other night I was on a phone call with a friend and it was dark out and I was just sitting by myself and a cat came in came over and just wanted to hang out next to me. And I was like, ooh, feline energy. What does that mean? <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny how I know for myself, I'm always assigning meaning to the different synchronicities that occur in my life or the things that I label as a synchronicity. Every time I see an animal, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I think it's about finding your own rule book. That's that's how I'm living now and it's also like you can either go there's no either or but for the context of this conversation you can either go like fully logical and assign meaning to every single thing and I think you should go all in if you're going to do that (laughs) Um, like with the synchronicities and everything because I do that as well or you can assign nothing and just live in complete detachment which both are extreme and I wish you the luck <laughs> with either of them. Um, I fluctuate between both extremes, I think. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and there's no wrong or right. Yeah. And like everyone's always somewhere in between, but like, yeah, I think it's, what did we do before Google? I guess. <laughs> I think about that so often or when Dom and I were traveling Last year, we were on the road and we used Google Maps to get literally anywhere, everywhere, every single day. And I just thought to myself so much, what did people do before they had access to this? <laughs> like, where would I even buy a map and how would I use it? <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Maybe I need to like take a map reading class or something. Maybe. But uh, I don't know. I suppose, I wonder, this seems a little random, but I wonder if we've become less resourceful with the loads of information that is just so readily available to us. Like, I wonder, I'm kind of going in a different direction. What do you think about this? I think that would be a whole new conversation, but I do agree totally. with Totally. Um, <laughs> we can put, put a pin in that. <laughs> put a pin. No, I definitely agree. And in terms of this conversation, I would argue that like, if you're trying to find your own system and you're trying to like find all these things and attach meaning to things which is totally valid um maybe before you jump and google like oh what does a cat mean like spiritually ask yourself (laughs) and write down whatever you're thinking um or like you see you're an angel number or you think it's an angel number instead of googling that or asking other people say what does this mean right now and write out whatever it means because I'm sure you're going to have a better answer than Google does, honestly. I've been doing that with tarot. I've been getting more into reading tarot for myself and I still definitely look at the little book and see what the cards mean. Um, And I've been inviting myself to just be with the card, whatever card I pull, and just kind of look to where are my eyes being pulled first? What does that symbol mean to me? What does this card feel like? There's a, if you really want to jump off the deep end here, um, there is an Oracle deck. I I don't know the name of it, but this woman, she just intuitively finger painted pretty much these 
oracles. And there's two ver- volumes of the deck. There's a masculine and a feminine version. Um, and there's no book. Oh, wow. It's just the images. There's no names on them. There's nothing. And you just intuitively pull and you ask yourself, okay, what does this mean? And it just comes up. It's very interesting. Do you have that deck? I do. I am terrified of it. So oh, <laughs> I don't use it often, but it's something that I do want to get. Because I was like, ah, oh, I can make that. <laughs> Why, Why can't do you I do that? Can you, can you tell me about that fear you have? What is, why? I think it's a fear of, I, like I can say until my face is red or blue or whatever color that it's all about like assigning your own rule book and everything. But I am also in complete fear of being wrong in that rule book. So like when I pull a card and I ask a question that feeling of self-doubt and that I think really ties in with that um, we've become reliant on resources that are outside of us um, mm. like through Google Google, <laughs> and everything um, so that could be like a continuation of this conversation because that is a whole <laughs> that's a big topic um, but yeah I think it stems from that feeling of I think I know what I'm talking about and I I think I'm creating my system, but at the same time, I'm such like an information junkie that I don't fully trust that yet, I would say. What's coming up for me is just connecting back to that idea that being a human is not a singular experience and having an experience as a human, we like to have a certain amount of framework box that we can choose to step into and then deliberately choose to step out of when we decide it's time or we're ready. So I I can understand how not having any framework at all, it kind of just, it feels a little like chaotic or there's a lack of trust or it's like, um, maybe it just doesn't feel as solid. At this moment. Yes. (laughs) I have full faith that I will get there one day. So, yeah, I feel like we just did a whole, like, full circle of our conversation because we started off saying that we have to detach and now we're saying we need to framework. So I think the, like, ultimate thing is, like, you have to decide for yourself. (laughs) We're of a spiral. Yeah, this is the golden ratio right now of us trying to figure out life. (laughs) (laughs) Tally and Jay figuring out life. Relaxing and magical. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's a really good place to end it. Unless you have any more insights. That feels good to me. I think we've actually been conversating for quite a while. I didn't realize how long it's been. Yeah, I think we did a great job. Um, thank you, Jamie, for coming on again. If you want to book a session with Jamie, right? You're doing sessions. Oh my gosh, yes. You can go to her Instagram, Jamie Lynn Coaching. I think. Yes. That is it. A-I-M-E-L-Y-N-N-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G at Instagram.com And just look at her stuff and then she has a little linky there and you can book it. Reach out to her, say hi. Thanks for being there and thank you for listening. Bye.